welcome you this morning to our worship service. I hope the Lord will speak to your heart and family of grace. We are a multicultural church that is really trying to make a difference in our city. This morning, I believe God has a great word for you. As we are moving out, trying to look for partners to help us impact our city for the glory of God, I pray that you would ask the Lord how you could be part of that. As we go through this sermon today, I hope that you will receive a word of encouragement that will give you the strength you need. Join us in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 7. The Lord is uh, giving us a special word for this day in a unique way. 2 Kings, chapter 7 and verse 1. If you'll find your place there, we're going to just walk through the passage. It's kind of a lengthy passage. We're going to go through it and make a couple points. I believe they'll speak to your heart, hopefully, this morning. The Bible says in 2 Kings, chapter 7 and verse 1, Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. And isn't that what we're here for today, to find out what the Lord says? About that same time tomorrow at the gate of Samaria, six quarts of fine meal will sell for a shekel, and twelve quarts of barley will sell for a shekel. Verse 2, the captain, the king's right-hand man, responded to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord were to make a window, windows in heaven, could this really happen? Could you underline that in your Bible? Could this really happen? Because so many times people's like, you know, we, we, we think, could that really happen? You know, we say, here's a good example. You know, uh, do you believe God can raise somebody from the dead? Amen. Man, you believe that. When's the last time you went to the funeral home and prayed for one? Could this really happen? And so as we move forward, and the Lord were there to make, when does it happen, could it really happen? And he moves on into verse 3, and, and he goes on and he says, for men with, there were four men with skin diseases that were at the entrance of the gate, and they said to each other, why are we sitting here until we die? Underline that in your Bible. Why are we sitting here until we die? And they move forward, and he goes on and says, if we say, let us go into the city, we will die there because the famine is in the city. But if we sit here, we will also die. Now let's stop right there for a moment. Because what I want you to understand more than anything is that we find ourselves living in some perilous times. And have you ever found yourself trying to make a decision and you're thinking, my, what am I going to do? What's the decision that I'm going to make? And so, so many times God has been speaking to our hearts about coming to him for salvation and him speaking to our hearts and moving in our hearts and our lives. And yet we resist that call. Or maybe God's speaking to our hearts and he's telling us to be a witness, to go across the street, to go across the neighborhood, to go across the city, to go across the world and be a witness. And yet we struggle with that and we're thinking, man, can I do that? Can I really do that? Do I need to not do that? What do I to do and we're just sitting there and we're struggling and I'm telling you these were four men and there were lepers which meant that they could not be around any other humans and if they were around other humans they had to tie a bell around their neck and it was ringing matter of fact we were at dinner last night and we were discussing children and them disappearing we thought wouldn't that be cool just tie a bell around them and you could hear where they were even if you couldn't see them you could hear them dinging and those lepers had to have this bell around their neck not only did they have a bell around their neck, they would be dinging. They had to be crying out, I'm a leper, I'm a leper, I'm a leper, leper coming, leper coming. And people would flee and run from them. And so these four men who were lepers, I mean, they had thought about this their whole life. They thought, wow, we're going to die of leprosy. <clears throat> leprosy is going to eat our flesh. Leprosy is going to destroy us. It's going to kill us. We are going to die of leprosy. Well, their plans had changed. 
All of a sudden, they found themselves in the middle of a famine. If you go back and read in chapter 6, you'll find out the famine was so severe, it was so strong that they were eating their own. Matter of fact, it says in chapter 6 of 2 Kings that two of the women agreed, today we'll, eat, we'll kill my son, we'll eat him, and then the next time we'll kill your son and we'll eat him. And we'll, we'll live that way. It was so bad that they were devouring their own, and there was these lepers whose skin was devouring them from the outside. They were dying from the outside, but now they found themselves dying from the inside. And I'm going to tell you today, there's a many of people who may look strong physically on the outside, but inwardly they are broken, inwardly they are struggling, inwardly they are dying, inwardly they do not know what to do, they do not know where to turn. And these four men thought, many times they thought about probably who would die first, who would be the first one to go down, you know, who would be the second, who would be the last, and they thought, man, leprosy is going to kill us. But all of a sudden, they examine their condition and they say, guess what, guys? We're not going to die of leprosy. We're going to die of hunger. We are starving to death. The Bible says in the book of Amos, in the last days there would be a famine in the land, but it wouldn't be a famine for bread and water. It would be a famine for the word of God. And these men found themselves in the middle of a famine, and they didn't know what to do, and they thought, we're going to die. And one of them said, you know what? Why in the world are we going to sit here and die of leprosy? I mean, look at this verse right here. They examine their condition. They say, okay, we're, we're not going to die of leprosy. We're going to die of hunger. So then they go on and they say, hey, if we, let's go to the city. Let's get up and go to the city. And we will die there because the famine is in the city also. If we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go to the, to, to the uh, Syrians, to the Armenians. Let's go there. Come on, let's go to them. Maybe they'll let us live. We will live. If they kill us, then, well, leprosy didn't kill us, and hunger didn't kill us. We went down as men of valor. We went down as men of valor who were willing to get out there and make a difference and take risk. And so, man, they examined their, their condition, they examined their future, and said, I, we, got one. we have none. We have none. So let us go turn ourselves into a king of another country who hates our people, but at least he'll put an end to this misery if we die there. At least we don't have to worry about, I'm going to go to your funeral first, your funeral second, and my funeral last. We're going to all go at the same time. We're going to go down as mighty men who are willing to get out of their comfort zone and get out there and make a difference. They examined their future, and there was none. They examined their condition. I mean, they examined their condition. They were desperate. They examined their future, and there was no future. And I want you to know today there's a many of people right now who have no future. Oh, they may have a lot of things. They may have a lot of toys. They may have a lot of money. They may have a lot of wealth, but they don't have a future. And there's other people today. They may not have anything. They may not have any wealth. They may not have any things, but they have a future. I want you to understand something today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that our future is not in this world. The Bible says that we're just pilgrims passing through. And I want you to know on the authority of the Word of God that you don't have to pass through this world broken, doomed, and damned. You can pass through this world with the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the mercy of God residing and abiding in your life. Now, it does not mean that you will not walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It does not mean you will not walk through the valley of despair. It does not mean you will, walk, you will not have 
sleepless nights. It does not mean that you will not be afflicted. It does not mean that if you just give your money to the church and you go to church, that everything's going to be all right. What it does mean is that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when you walk through the valley of despair, you don't have to fear any evil because the Lord is with you. He's with you. He abides in you. He resides in you. And God is up to something in your life. And so these guys had no future. They said, man, this is all over with. And I want you to know on the authority of the word of God, if you feel like you have no future, if you feel like you're a wit's end corner and, man, you've already tried to take your life and you failed and you missed or, or the drugs didn't work or your spouse got there too quick or somebody came to the rescue too quick, I want you to know to get rid of that thinking. The devil says you have no future because he has no future. The devil doesn't have a future, therefore he can't give you a future. And because he can't give you a future, he just makes you want to believe that you have no future. But I want you to know that you can have a future through Christ Jesus our Lord. It doesn't matter that there's a famine in the land. It doesn't matter that there's spiritual chaos running rampant. It doesn't matter that America is spiraling out, spiraling out of control. And as old Merle Haggard said, rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell. It doesn't matter on those things. What, matter is, what matters is that Jesus said, I can see into your future and you have one. What you have to do is be willing to get to a place where these lepers were and say, I am willing to give it all. I am willing. Why do I want to stay here in this condition? Why do I want to stay in the funk? Why do I want to stay in the mire? Why do I want to stay in the pit? I love what the psalmist said in Psalms 40 or 42. It says, Behold, he pulled me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He pulled me up out of that funk and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. This passage of scripture goes on even further. As we look at it, it says they examined their conditions and it was terrible. They examined their future and there was none. They examined their camp or the camp. The camp became their camp because they had faith. They had faith in putting their faith in another king. They said, we're going to trust that this other king, the king of Syria, will let us live. And they begin to move out and they begin to say, we're going to trust this guy. And so in verse 8, we see very clearly that it moves on, and it goes on, and it begins to unfold. And it says, I mean, back up and, and look with me, if you would, as we walk through these passages of scriptures. It says that while they were moving through, let's go back and look at verse 5. It says, so these diseased men got up at twilight. They talked about it that night, and they got up at twilight. I mean, as soon as daybreak, they were ready to go. They got up. And they began to go to the Armenians' camp. They began to go there. And when they came to the camp's edge, they discovered that there was not a single man there. And for the Lord, for the Lord, had caused the Armenian camp to hear the sound of chariots, to hear the sound of horses, and a great army. And the Armenians said to each other, the king of Israel must have hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come and attack us. Look at this right here. So they had gotten up. At what time? Twilight. The Syrians got, I mean, the four lepers got up at twilight and said, let's go to the camp at the same time that these poor broken down lepers that were dying from the inside out and the outside in. Can I get a witness? 
the four Assyrians, the, the four lepers that were dying from the outside in, the inside out, from the time they got up out of the horrible pit, from the time they got over their funk, from the time they got over themselves, and they rose up out of the horrible condition that they were in, and they said, we are going to go and surrender to the king. I want you to know that the king of kings and the lord of lords over here was stirring up the noise in the camp of the Syrians, and all of a sudden, he, the Syrians began to hear this, and they said, oh, man, those Israelites are too small. They, they can't conquer us on their own, but they can team up with the Egyptians. They can team up with the Hittites and come against us and overthrow us. So at the same time they were rising up over here, God was stirring up over here. And while the stirring up in the faith was happening over here, the stirring up in the spirit was happening over here. And all of a sudden, at the edge of the camp, there was a head-on collision between the faith of man and the supernatural power of the holy God. And they ran into each other at the edge of the camp. It says they got up and at twilight they abandoned their tents. Their horses, their donkeys, and the camp they was intact. And they fled for their lives. When these man reached, when men reached the edge of the camp, they went into the tent to eat and drink. And they picked up the silver and the gold, and they examined it and went off and hid them. See, these men had looked at their own condition. They said, we're dying. Every way possible, we're dying. They looked at their future and they said, we have none. And so somehow between the four of them, they mustered up enough faith to go surrender to the king, to a king. And in the process of having faith, they found favor. And when they found favor, God began to move. And now, all of a sudden, everything they ever wanted, they, they, they were eating, they were drinking, and they were storing treasures up. They were hiding them, and they were burying them. And then they came back, and they entered another tent and picked up things, and they went and hid those things again. And then they said to each other, Underline this in your Bible. What we are doing is not right. For today is a day of good news. If we are silent or we wait until morning light, we will be punished. Let us go tell the king's household. Their king's household. I, I wonder what would happen. These guys just found a few morsels of food. A few loaves of bread in a stranger's tent. They just found a fresh drink in a stranger's tent. They, they found a little bit of, of treasures in a stranger's tent. <clears throat> and they thought, God help us if we don't go tell the good news. One of the reasons that we find ourselves in the conditions that we are in in our country is because there is plenty of food in our tents. There is plenty of spiritual value in our tents. But we are unwilling to have a burden to go and share it with a nation. With a nation. With a nation. 
Listen, these men weren't just concerned about their wives. They weren't just concerned about their children. They weren't just concerned about their nieces and nephews. They were concerned about their nation. And they rose up and said, we've got to go to the king's house. We've got to tell the man in charge that we have found the bread of life. We have found the drink, the water that will give us strength. We have found the hidden treasures. I wonder what would happen in Alexandria, Louisiana if we lived this way. That we thought, God help us if I don't go and tell the good news. Why do other religions, and I can name them off all, why do they go out and work so hard? Why do they commit so many of their months and years of their life to have to serve as a missionary in their faith? Why do they strap themselves with bombs and ride bicycles into public parks and kill themselves? Why do they do those kind of things? Because they believe that if they don't, they'll be cursed. I'm telling you today, we don't serve a God who's handing out curses. We serve a God who's trying to hand out blessings. And it's about time that we as the church of the living God rise up and live like it. And say to our family, I have found the bread. I have found the drink. I have found the treasure that we've been looking for. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Any man that eateth of this bread will will never hunger again. It's not like the bread that your forefathers ate in the wilderness and then perished. It's not like the water that you drink one minute and you need to come back and get another drink a little bit later. He said, if any man drink of this water, if any man draw out of this fountain, he told the Samaritan woman, she, you will never thirst again. Spring up a well down in my soul so that it will make me whole. We have found the treasure. Do we share? We share where the new restaurants are. We share where the new sales are. We share, we share. We sh- Matter of fact, everything on the internet now has what we call a share button. A share button. I see a whole lot of sharing going on. But it's not much of eternal significance. It's not much of eternal significance. These men examine their hearts. And they say, what we're doing is not right. There's bread at our table, and we're not sharing. And then they moved on. They got up, went to the king. They couldn't get to the king. They could only get to the gatekeeper. They didn't even really care that they were lepers at this point. They were all dying. I mean, they were eating their own. And they rose up, and they told the king, Now, it was such a catastrophe, such a famine was so severe, that in the middle of the night, the king rose up. And he went to meet four lepers. I mean, that's really not the norm, that a king would go meet four lepers to start with, much less at the midnight hour. And they told the king what had happened. And the king said, oh, no. 
Them bunch of knuckle-headed Syrians. They know we're starving. They probably know we're eating our own. This is a trick. They've left all this intact. And they've run and hid themselves. And then they're going to come when we go and begin to eat their food and drink their drink and steal their treasures, carry their treasures away. They're going to come in and surround us and attack us. I love what the Bible says, though. But one of the king's men who found favor with him said, Oh, king. Let me read it to you. Look, look at what it says right here. Oh, king. This, this is amazing. He, he goes on and, and, and he says in verse 13, So the servant of the king responded, Please let us take five of the remaining horses that are left in the city. That's how bad the famine was left. That's how bad the famine was. Let's take five of the remaining horses. And let's go out. Let's send them out to see. Because if not, we're going to die. So somehow the favor, the man who had favor with the king, found faith to move forward. And said if we, he basically said the same thing the four lepers said earlier. Why not? Why not? Five of the remaining horses, a few of the remaining men, let them go check it out. If they don't come back, we had to kill them anyway. I mean, they're eating all of our grain. And so they got up and they went. And I love what they found. When they finally came back to the king, they said, King, you're not going to believe this. Not only was everything intact, but the whole road was littered with their garments, with their, with their outer garments, with their fighting tools, because they were running scared. I want you to know on the authority of the word of God, it's time for you to quit running scared. The king of kings and lord of lords has said, I have come to set you free. I have come to give you life. And to give it to you more abundantly. Today. You don't need to know anything. Except Jesus loves you. You don't need to know. All the books of the Bible. You don't need to know anything about religion. You just need to know. That beyond religion. Jesus came. To have a relationship. With you. It doesn't matter how deep the pain is. It doesn't matter how broken the heart may be. Jesus died to set the captive free. If four lepers can have enough faith to move out and change the fate of a nation, what could we do if we had faith? Would you be willing, ma'am? Would you be willing, sir, to rise up and say, what I've been doing is just not right. I got to get out there and start making a difference.
don't care what's going on in America. I want to know what's going on in your heart. If we can gain faith, if we can gain encouragement, if we can gain strength, if we can believe God for a miracle, God will bring the miracle. At the same time, they were rallying enough faith to go surrender to a king. The king was bringing about the miracle. What you need to know today is that he's your healer. He's whatever you need today. Are you broken? He's come to set you free and heal the broken heart. We've gone through this service this morning. The Lord is speaking to your heart. At Family of Grace, we want to help you with that call. It's a, it's a call to salvation. We want to be part of that. We want to help you be all that God is calling you to be. Maybe God is touching you this morning or today and saying, man, it, this is your day. This is your day to take your spiritual journey to the next level. If Family of Grace, it would be an honor and a privilege to help you on that journey. Today, God can use us together for His glory to impact His kingdom. If we can help you in any way, please contact us and let us know. May the Lord richly bless you. You're the God of this city, you're the King of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, you're the God of this city, you're the King of these people.
I would like to take a few moments to recognize the people who made this ministry possible. Tampering Ground Coffee Shop in downtown Alexandria. If you're looking for a great place to hang out or have a break and a wonderful cup of coffee, please stop by and see Jeff and thank him for his support of our ministry. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. You can reach us at 318-308-3754. Looking for childcare? Visit College Camp, located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318-484-2762. This ministry would not be possible without these partners.